In the name of the living God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. What was Jesus doing on this night over 2,000 years ago, the very night on which he was betrayed? Well, John's Gospel gives us the answer. He was spending it with 12 of his closest friends, his disciples. Together they were observing a Jewish high holy day. It's the night before the day that forever after would be known as Good Friday or God's Friday, the day of our redemption, the day that God bought us back from our debt of sin, bought us back from our broken and severed relationship with Him, bought us back by sacrificing His own dear Son on our behalf. The stark reality is that on that Thursday night, Jesus had less than 24 hours to live. On that night, we see the King of kings and Lord of lords as one who comes among us as a servant. Jesus, the servant of all. Whatever he does on that evening must be so dramatic and so powerful and the imprint that it will leave upon the minds of his followers so utterly indelible that the words, the images, the symbols that he uses would be seared into their minds. And they would endure forever from generation to generation to generation. There are many images that one can recall from that night, but two of them stand out boldly. The Passover meal with his disciples, which became for them and for us the institution of the Lord's Supper, Holy Communion. And the washing of the disciples' feet. Tonight we're going to take a close look at both of these events and see how they apply to us on this Monday, Thursday, in the year of our Lord, 2022. It all begins with a supper. That would be the traditional meal for all the Jews on this high holy day. It was the feast of the Passover, or more precisely, it was the day before that great feast. The Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, differ from John's Gospel in their interpretation about what the exact day was. Some historians claim that the Passover was actually celebrated over the course of two days. John, however, is quite explicit in saying that Jesus' observance of this meal took place on the day before the feast of the Passover, and that Jesus' death occurred at the very hour when the Paschal lambs were being slaughtered, and that His body was taken down from the cross before sunset when the Jewish Passover officially began. One thing is certain. Jesus and His disciples were there commemorating the liberation of the children of Israel from their enslavement in Egypt. That liberation which came about when the angel of death struck down all the firstborn Egyptians, firstborn Egyptian males, and passed over the homes of the Israelites who were secure behind doorways that had been marked with the blood of a spotless lamb. Finally, After this last and most dreadful of the ten plagues, 
Pharaoh gave in. He broke down. He relented. And he allowed Moses and Aaron and the children of Israel to go free. Once again, Jesus did not let things go until the last minute. His plans had already been made. An upper room of a large home had been secured. It was sundown when the twelve gathered with Jesus in that upper room for their Seder dinner. Sitting together around the table, you could almost cut the air with a knife. The atmosphere was fraught with tension. Everyone knew that the events were rapidly accelerating and unfolding before their very eyes towards some ghastly climax. There were so many things about that night that they would remember in the days and weeks and years to come. They would remember how Jesus' actions and words at the table that night were altered. They were altered from the traditional words of the Passover. They would recall with wonder that strange and incomprehensible word that Jesus spoke over the simple earthy elements of bread and wine. This is my body, he would say. This is my blood given for you. Making it a holy and sacred meal, a sacramental meal, an act of forgiveness, a true Passover wherein the angel of death would forevermore pass over the hearts of God's faithful people, people like you and me, where the doorposts and lintels of our hearts had been marked with the blood of the perfect, spotless Lamb of God, celebrating the fact that God has released us from our slavery, from our captivity to sin. They would remember how this action, this profound outward Outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace given by God as a gift whereby we receive that grace, which is the meaning of a sacrament, how that occurs fully when Jesus spoke these words. Just how that occurs, however, we can never fully comprehend, which is why we call this meal, the meal we will receive tonight, a sacred mystery. A sacred mystery. Queen Elizabeth I tried her best to explain it when she wrote, "'Twas God the word that spake it. He took the bread and brake it. And what his word did make it, I do believe and take it." Well, the former bishop of this diocese, Ed Salmon, once said that we receive what we believe And what we believe, we acquire. The disciples would also recall how one of their own would dip his morsel of bread into Jesus' own personal cup. And that Jesus would name that one as his betrayer, Judas Iscariot. They would also remember that strange and rather ambiguous moment when Judas abruptly bolted out of the room, not knowing until later what Judas Judas was about to do. There was yet another event that they would vividly remember in their mind's eye for the rest of their lives. At one particular point in the meal, Jesus would rise up from the table. He would take off his outer garments as though he were going to work, take the coarse towel 
that was at the door of that inn and wrap it around his waist and the pitcher of water that was at the entrance to that room returned to the table and instead of sitting back down, he would turn to Peter and he would kneel before him as a common, ordinary servant would do and then he would begin to wash Peter's feet. How astonished, confused, perplexed, and even embarrassed Peter must have been. What does this all mean? Why on earth is he doing this to me? In his absolute refusal to allow Jesus to do what he was going to do, Peter's words were terse, almost angry. You will never wash my feet, he says. Well, Jesus' reply was absolutely definitive and irrefutable. If I do not wash you, you have no part in me. Peter then accepted the foot washing, just as all of the twelve did. Probably Judas as well. Before he bolted out of the room to do, out of the room to do his dastardly deed. And when he had finished this servant's role, the role of a house slave, Jesus uttered these words. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Well, for the rest of their lives, they would remember this sacramental act as well. Every action, every single detail, every word spoken, everything that occurred that night would be absolutely seared into their memories forever. The key to understanding this night is in what we have witnessed in John's narrative. Jesus, taking on the role of a servant, the Greek word for servant is doulos, It really means slave. It can mean slave or servant. And displaying the kind of humility that it takes to reveal the depth of love that any one of us has ever felt for any human being, only so much more. Jesus loves us not from a height, but from below our heads, absolutely beneath our dignity. His love kneels on the ground to express itself to us. This is why we so often fail to notice the extent to which Jesus' love is given to us. It's because our heads are so often up in the clouds of preoccupation, self-preservation, and self-serving. We never look down to where it's all happening because we're always looking up, looking up for the next opportunity to get something for ourselves before somebody else next to us has a chance to notice or to get there before we do. Meanwhile, from the earth level, and the word for humility, by the way, comes from the Latin word humus, or earth. From the earth level, the love of Christ washes over the sin-soiled feet of our souls with its forgiveness. For for like the soldiers who will hurt him so terribly tomorrow when they rough him up and mock him and beat him and flog him with a cat of nine tails and press a crown of thorns into his head and hammer nails through his hands and through his feet to the hard wood of the cross. We know not what we do. 
This is the night when Christ teaches us the depth of his inexpressible love. When half naked at our feet, he gently dries our toes, even after we've trampled over everything he has made. When we trample over everything he has loved, over everything that he has done for us. The question that Jesus implores us to answer this night is this one. Do you know what I have done to you? Do you know? Do you realize what I have done to you? St. Paul gives us the answer. While we were still weak and helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly, the likes of you and me. In this action, this humbling action of washing dirty, dusty, and calloused feet, Jesus is saying to us that being one of his disciples may very well mean getting dirty, getting involved in the messy, complicated, and unpleasant aspects of the lives of other people for whom he died. It may even mean getting involved where we do not want to get involved so that others might be able to experience the love of God in Jesus Christ through our humility, through our earthiness, and through our very humanity. You'll recall that one of the most poignant and memorable stories that Jesus ever told about humility was that of the Good Samaritan. It's, a, it's really a story about the incredible humility and love of God for each one of us. Do you remember how it begins? A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Well, you know the rest of the story. The priest and the Levite, they passed him by on the other side. And then a total stranger, a Samaritan. And Samaritans were at complete odds with Jews. They fought. They were at war with each other all the time. He stopped and poured oil and wine on this man's wounds to disinfect and clean them and then wrap bandages around them and then put him on his beast of burden and took him to the nearest inn where he told the innkeeper, whatever it takes, I'll pay. Just take care of him until he gets back on his feet again. And if there's more cost beyond that, I'll pay it. I'll return. Well, like the man who was mugged and beaten on the road to Jericho, each one of us, listen carefully, has the fingerprints of others on us. Others who believed in us, who believed enough and cared enough about us that they chose to pick us up when we were broken, hurting, sick, wounded, and just plain beaten down by the hard knocks of life. As St. Paul reminds us in his letter to the Philippians, to have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ, that though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, and taking on the form of a servant, a doulos, a slave, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death 
on a cross. To stop and humble ourselves enough to see our sisters and brothers around us in need, in pain, in suffering, in distress. Oh, you know who they are. The poor, the helpless, the hungry, the lonely, the needy, the homeless, even within our own community. There are those around the world who've never tasted clean water. They're the Ukrainian people suffering and grieving, broken, disseminated. The lives, their lives shattered victims of this unprovoked war, the atrocities of a heinous war. And to reach out to them with our hands of love, just as Jesus did, and continues to do, and to become the face, the voice, the hands, and the feet of Jesus to them. Jesus said, as you have done it to one of the least of these, my brethren, so also you have done it unto me. Jesus is the perfect example of this kind of humility. This kind of humus, bringing the love of God down to earth for each one of us. The love of Christ not only washes our feet, it drenches us like a torrential summer downpour. It washes over us and within us, as the old hymn which we just sang a few minutes ago says, like a fountain filled with blood, with the forgiveness of sins, which Jesus' love purchased for us on Calvary's cross. It's a fountain that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. The love of Christ washes us through and through from our sins and our iniquities and makes us pure and clean and acceptable once again to God. The prophet Isaiah wrote these words, Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be as wool. We who receive God's love and forgiveness in Jesus Christ are called by Him. No, we're commanded by Him. Mandatum novum, the word from which this day comes, Monday, Thursday. Mandatum novum, a new commandment, a new mandate I give unto you, that you shall love one another even as I have loved you. To love and to forgive one another. To be humble servants to one another. To come down from our ivory towers of pride and arrogance and aloofness, anger, bitterness and resentment, and in utter humility to actually get down to earth with each other. That is what Jesus is calling us to do. This very night. Tonight Jesus asks each one of us this very poignant question. Do you know, do you know what I have done to you? Answer him. Tell him what you know. Jesus, I know what you've done to me today. In this holy and sacred eating and drinking, holy communion, you re-enter the bloodstream of my being. 
You unite yourself afresh to me. You nourish what is needy in me. You get down to earth with me and cleanse the sin-soiled feet of my soul. You embrace back to life my inmost self that so often falls short on its journey of fullness in life. You have given me yourself. And so being found again by you, redeemed, bought back by you, inseparable from you, I find myself in God and with God, which is right where I belong. Let us pray. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for entering into this world of sin to pay the debt of our sin by becoming the servant of all, by offering up your very life on the hardwood of the cross for us. Thank you for the example of your humility in loving us so much that you would stoop down to wash the sin-soiled feet of our souls with your lifeblood. And thank you for giving us a new commandment, that we love one another even as you have loved us. And help us then to know and believe in all that you have done for us this night and to be ever so grateful. Amen.